This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. How's it going? Welcome to this week's episode of Cruise Radio. My name is Doug Parker, and we are one more day closer to cruising. We still don't know when exactly that's going to be, but every day that goes by, we're one more day closer. So uh, just trying to keep some positivity going here, I guess. Staff writer Richard Sims filling in for Sherry Laskin today. Also a review of Celebrity Summit. Cruise Radio News and Cruise Radio, both a part of the Amazon Music family. You can listen wherever you stream Amazon Music. All right, staff writer Richard Sims is here for Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good. So CDC... No sale, White House, a lot happening here. Break this down for us. It's a little crazy and it's a little different than we expected things to play out. We sort of expected that what would happen was that once the cruise lines presented their various health protocols that they were planning to put on in place, you know, the CDC would look at it and then the CDC would make a ruling. What we didn't really count on was that it would be, you know, uh, that the White House would be as involved as they are. There was apparently this big meeting at the White House yesterday uh, in in the in the situation room, you know, which you think of as being where they go to like plan wars and things. And they had a big meeting in there. And uh, the head of the CDC basically said that he wanted to extend it to probably February. He just said that right now that was the best approach that they could do. But the task force, which is headed by Vice President Mike Pence, said that they really weren't looking at that as an option. And so they sort of tabled the whole conversation. We now know that they're going to get together again on Friday after And at that point, they will probably make a decision. If the White House has its way, it will mean that basically they extend until the end of October, which is sort of where we already are anyway, because the Cruise Line International Association, which is the trade industry that oversees 95% of the cruise industry, they had already sort of voluntarily said, we're not going to sail until the end of October. So right now, it's sort of looking as if that's where we stand, that Unofficially, we are still sort of kind of under a no-sale order, but it will probably on Friday become official that we actually are under that until the end of October. So it's it's we're sort of just waiting for them to hammer this out and decide, you know, which side they come down on. It's clear that if the White House has its way, the CDC's decision is not going to stand, that it will not be until February. So we could still see cruising in November at this point, but it's a little up in the air. Yeah, so just to be clear, at this current moment, at the time of broadcast, no decision has been made. Exactly. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, that's why we're in a little bit of a holding pattern because the 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 no sale order was literally supposed to be lifted as we are speaking, mm-hmm. you know, and and so the fact that there is no decision puts everything into a little bit of a gray area. There was a false alarm on a European ship that resumed service last month. This is awesome news. Um, you know, when sailings began overseas, obviously all eyes were on them because we were all wanting to see how well the protocols work. Um, we were hoping against hope that there would be no cases. And then came word that on Mindshift 6, there were um, some cases among the crew. It immediately sort of caused a panic. It had the people who were very against cruising returning saying, see, we told you it was too soon. But good news, it turns out that when they ran a second and third set of tests, um, it has now been confirmed. There were no cases on board. The cases that were supposedly 
detected among the crew were false positives. So, you know, that things are working exactly the way they're supposed to. And when I say that, I mean not only the protocols that were put in place, but the response to any potentiality of there being an outbreak on board. You know, they 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 tested the crew. They found these supposed positives. They ran um, more extensive testing, found out they were negative. It all worked exactly the way it is supposed to. Yeah, and it was good they used three different tests too to kind of, you know, verify. So, okay, one said positive, but then the PCR and the antigen tests both said negative. So, like, you know, you had the redundancy there, but like you said, everything is working how it's supposed to be working. So, Keep pushing forward, Europe. Show us that uh, it can be done. Let's see here. Virgin Voyages pushed back their return to cruising. You know, if there's one great thing about Virgin Voyages and it's, you know, its rollout has been troubled at the, to say the least, because they, as just as they were trying to roll out, you know, this all started, the industry shut down, but there's a really positive thing there. And that is that they are backed by Richard Branson and Richard Branson has more money than God. So while you see all the other cruise lines out there, you know, like selling ships and, and basically holding bake sales in order to raise enough money to keep themselves afloat during this, Richard Branson's just like, oh, here, let me, you know, check in the couch cushions and find you some change because the, the change in his couch cushion will keep them going as long as they need to. So yeah, they should have been up and sailing by now. Ironically, their second ship is already coming out and their first ship <laughs> hasn't yet been able to like start taking passengers on board. But right now they're looking at pushing back to November, which is of course when everyone else is looking at as well anyway at this point. So you know, it's a it's bad news in that we hate reporting anything about sh- uh, about lines having to make cancellations, but it's good news in that it's not like it's going to hurt them at all. Yeah. Carnival Mardi Gras is one step closer to Florida. Yes, they are. They actually did their sea trials this week, which I think it would be kind of exciting to be on board a ship when they're doing sea trials because it's the very first time that the ship is like going out. They were in the Baltic Sea. They're doing all the tests that are designed to, you know, not just to make sure that the engines run, but to make sure that everything runs the way it needs. You know, they they do some tests and they do some uh, they, they, they make sure that it runs at the at the high end of performance, not just that it can, you know, do what it needs to do, but that it can go further than that. So this is great news. This is, you know, one step closer, like you said, to the ship actually completing its trials and starting to make its way here and finally having its sort of long anticipated and much delayed debut in Florida. Yeah, because she was supposed to debut what uh, August 31st and then I think November 15th. Now, in February, so uh, right. third time's a charm, we'll hope. And speaking of uh, new ships... Fingers crossed. Yeah, Princess Cruises just took delivery of their newest ship. Yeah, this is... Okay, so this is the fifth of their Royal-class ships. If I can name them all, let's see, I believe it's Royal Princess, mm-hmm. Roy, Regal Princess, yeah. Majestic Princess, and Sky Princess. So mm-hmm. this is the fifth of that class of ship. Uh, this was kind of cool because it had to be done virtually, you know, they couldn't go and do it in person. Usually there's a very big rollout, uh, and you know, people come from all over fly in and, and a big production is made of it. We couldn't do that this time. So it was instead basically done the way a lot of business is being done sort of on a zoom call, but the ship is ready. It's been handed over and it will be heading eventually to North America. It'll sail out of, I believe Fort Lauderdale, if I'm not mistaken, starting in December 2020, assuming that we're back to sailing by then. 
Listener question comes from Randy this week. Is it true that you have to pay more for drinks while the ship is docked in port versus out to sea? In a lot of ports, yes. And this is this is seen in two different ways. One, um, the, the reason is because of taxes. Uh, they have to, like, for example, when ships are docked in New York City, they have to pay taxes on every drink they have. Cruise lines handle this in different ways, especially if you have the drink package. For example, Norwegian Cruise Line, every drink you order when you're in one of the ports where uh, the drink price is impacted by taxes, they just charge you the tax. They say, okay, you know that you're going to pay 15 cents or 60 cents or whatever it is for this drink, and it goes directly onto your account. Carnival um, doesn't want to deal with that, basically. So instead, what they do with their drink package out of New York City and ports like it is they say, your package is not going to start until the second day. So like if you buy, if you're going on a five-day cruise out of New York City on Carnival, then when you buy the drink package, you actually are buying a four-day drink package and you pay cash for the first day you're on board. And that's exactly why you're paying tax. So yes, you do pay a little bit more no matter whether you have the drink package or not. It's not a huge amount. It's, you know, whatever the local tax is. So if you're buying, you know, if the tax is 10% and you're buying a $6 drink, then you're paying 60 cents uh, for that drink or 60 cents more. Yeah, that's what happened to me sailing out of Galveston. Uh, kind of a tax thing because it all plays into the same thing. Uh, I got the, I was on a five-night cruise and I only got charged for four days of the drink package. And I'm like, what's up with this? But it turns out you can't actually start the drink package until the morning after you leave. So let's say you leave at four o'clock. You can't start using your drink package until 6 a.m. the following morning. Exactly. And that's why, especially when we write about the cheers package, we really always make sure to tell people to check that because I can't tell you how many times, for example, when I was sailing on the Carnival Sunrise out of New York City, and the same thing happened on the Carnival Sunshine out of New York. um, I can't tell you how many people I saw, you know, making the mad dash to the Red Pub, getting all excited and saying, here, start my drink package. And they were like, yeah, no, I'll happily serve you a drink, but not on your drink package. It doesn't start till tomorrow. And people get really upset about it because they don't realize that. But, you know, if you if you stop and think about it when you're actually paying for it, you'll realize, wait a minute, I'm only paying for five days and I'm on a six day cruise. That's why people complaining about drink packages <laughs> seems very trivial right now. Right. Compared to where, you know, sitting in the studio doing the show, wanting to be on a ship. I can't wait to complain <laughs> about chair hogs right? and, and drink packages again. I Please charge me extra. I can't wait. Absolutely. I've been talking with staff writer Richard Sims. Thank you, Richard. As always, thank you. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. 
online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out tripinsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Thomas and his wife sailed the cruise out of San Juan, Puerto Rico aboard Celebrity Summit. It was the week before COVID hit, and he's here to talk all about it in his cruise that got a little bit extended. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Doug. How are you? Good. Good to talk to you, and uh, excited to hear about Celebrity Summit. I, I did that cruise. I do love me some Celebrity Summit. Did the cruise just after dry dock, after they just painted her in that really pretty shade of blue. So excited to hear your review and your thoughts of it. So we'll take a step back before we get to the ship. What made you want to take this cruise out of San Juan? Well, uh, Doug, the answer is easy. I'm from Minnesota, and in in March, it is cold (laughs) in Minnesota, and I'm looking for something warm sunny and uh, the reason the summit i was on uh the year before on the equinox which is the with my wife it's this uh brother or sister ship to the summit and i looked at the itinerary and it had been an area of the caribbean that i had not been to before so i was actually quite excited about it that's why we chose it very cool so you had to go down to san juan from minnesota did you do any pre-cruise time down there well, you know, it's a, as it turned out, it was a, somewhat of a challenge getting from Minnesota to San Juan. I like direct flights, but we left, we could only leave Friday and Thursday, the last direct flight left Minneapolis. So we flew from Minneapolis to New York to San Juan. We got there the day early and it, uh, you know, I'll tell you, we got there the day early and what impressed me uh, and, and I noticed this really throughout the Caribbean, but we took an Uber from the airport, uh, to old town, I think it's called San Juan and everyone, uh, whenever you meet locals at these islands, mm-hmm. they're so proud of the island. And when we got a ride in, we got uh, on the Uber, the driver showed us every government building and every building of note along the way. And he was so proud. It was, you know, it was, it's fun being around, um, being around people that are just proud of their country yeah, as it, that it I noticed in San Juan. So we got there a day early and it, I'm, I'm glad we did. Celebrity Summit embarks out of the Pan American Pier. So how was embarkation there? Well, you know, we were supposed to arrive at two o'clock, but after we ate breakfast, uh, we, uh, we had to leave our room. So we just got in an Uber and went out there. I bet we got there at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and we, we literally walked right on the ship nice. in about 15 minutes. I bet it would have been faster if I didn't have to fumble for some documents actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, very smooth process was not crowded. And you know, the only thing that was really done differently than before they took our temperature mm-hmm. and uh, we filled out a, a sheet or maybe we just were just asked questions about uh, COVID related questions. We walked right on and we were able to go directly to our room. I, our luggage wasn't there, but I always have a carry on yeah. that I take. It was it was smooth. It was actually the best ever. What were your first impressions of Celebrity Summit? Uh, they've done a great job on that ship. Uh, everything was clean, fresh. And, and you're right, it had been, I think it had been a year 
um, since it was refurbished, but mm-hmm. it was it was great. I, I liked everything about it. It's actually the first ship that we've been on that had been recently refurbished. So everything was just was perfect, I would say. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book for this cruise, and what did you think of it? Well, we booked we booked uh, a balcony. It's called the veranda uh, on on Celebrity, and again, it was clean, fresh uh, outlets all over. Uh, and I had watched a YouTube on the on the ship after it had been re- refurbished, and they pointed out a few things. and And I always bring. Um, I always bring a Euro plug to convert it to American. And uh, it was it was just, it was perfect. As far as like the balcony space and the bathroom space, plenty of room? Plenty of room. And, you know, it had the glower, uh, the plastic or the glass doors. Mm-hmm. On the, when I say not a plastic curtain, right. but the doors on yeah. the shower, it was, uh, everything was, was refurbished in there and clean. Yeah, they did a good job on that ship. Let's let's talk about the dining here. It will start in the main dining room. Uh, what time dining did you have, and how was your experience? We did the anytime dining, and you know the experience is was fine. The food was always good. I, my one observation would be when I when I eat, I like to go in and spend an appropriate amount of time. But that appropriate amount of time probably ends after an hour. And uh, it sort of sometimes it got a little long Mm -hmm. there. And, you know, I suppose we could have said that, you know, we want to be in and out in an hour and they would have accommodated us. But, but, you know, the other thing that we did now, uh, my wife is essentially in charge of cooking at home. So Mm -hmm. when we go on these cruises, I let her sort of take charge of where she wants to eat. Okay. And before we got on, she bought a package. So we ate at the Tuscan Grill twice, sushi on five, once, and then the uh, petite chef once. So uh, we, we had sort of a broad experience of their dining venues. Well, you ate at Tuscan Grill twice, so you must have really liked that experience. Tell us about that. Well, my wife is a meat eater. And I like fish, and they could accommodate both of us. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, oh, we've been on the Tuscan Grill on on other celebrity cruises, and I, the food's always good. The service is great, and what you need, to, and you need to be careful because a lot of the waiters will encourage you to order everything on the menu, whether you eat it or not. But right. we've been through that before, so we're pretty careful. There's always, there's always, you're, there, there's always a lot of food. Uh, whether you want it or not, and it's always excellent. La Petite Chef, that is a, a new addition that came during the dry dock. What did you think of it? Because that gets mixed reviews as far as like the animation on the table and the food itself. Food was fine. My wife loved the animation, and uh, the animation really isn't for me. Um, but the food was great and she enjoyed it. So that was, that, that worked for me, but I'll tell you, looking around, everyone else really enjoyed the, uh, the animation. I would see them with their phones out Mm -hmm. recording, recording everything. So I think on average, it's a, 
it's a hit. I, I, I probably would have gone back to the Tuscan Grill a third time. Yeah, and for the listeners who are wondering what we're talking about, the um, La Petite Chef is actually an animated dining experience with projectors over your table, and it's got the little chefs walking around and tossing meatballs and cooking in front of you and things like that, all animated, of course, but they align the plates up perfectly, so it like they incorporate the animation into your meal. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, 100, okay. 100% right, and it is very creative. There's no question about it. Okay, so let's talk about the buffet. Now, this was like when COVID just started, you know, making the headlines here in the U.S. Um, were there any precautions in the buffet on Celebrity Summit? Uh, it's, you know, it's really the same thing that they've always done. They have people as you're, when you, as you're walking in, uh, there to give you the, the sanitizer. Uh, the other thing that you see that uh, I don't think I've, it, it might have been on the other ships. I don't remember, but they added a washing station also just as you come in. And, and of course, COVID was in the news and we were very, very careful to um, always wash our hands. And mm-hmm. but but when we were there, it was still serve your serve yourself. And, you know, you were grabbing utensils that other people touched and so forth. But uh, it it wasn't an issue. I do remember the pizza being really good at the buffet on Celebrity Summit. Did you try any of that? <laughs> Doug, I did not okay. <laughs> try the pizza. I don't know why. Maybe it's uh, – I, 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 I just don't know why. Uh, the, the food was good in the buffet, and there's something really for every palate. I tended to f- focus more on the fruits and mm-hmm. vegetables okay. and that type of thing. Basically, you're not an unhealthy fat ass like me, is what you're trying to say, and I totally respect that. So we'll uh, we'll move on here. Do you? So maybe do you... the point is, I'm not trying to get an un become an unhealthier fatter ass. There you go. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, any kind of dining venues that we didn't talk about, maybe poolside or any cafes or anything you hit up? Um, I there was oh yeah um, the solarium. Uh, we had we we each got the uh, uh, the drink package, which uh, which was one step up, and it included the solarium. And they had um, fabulous smoothies that uh, I would probably get three times a day, and that would often nice. be breakfast Very good. and uh, and lunch. And then the solarium has sort of smaller sandwiches too, but. Um, so I, I, I tried that out and I enjoyed it and I would, uh, definitely recommend, Very recommend good. the smoothies, the fruit smoothies. How was the entertainment on this cruise? Entertainment, uh, the, the entertainment that I like are the, uh, the, the entertainment that you might find in the atrium or in the bars and that type of thing. And it was excellent. They had a wide variety of music, very good, uh, musicians, a lot of acoustic guitars, and uh, that's one thing that I really enjoy on the ships that I go on is that sort of that spontaneous, uh, you know, they show up, they play for 45 minutes or an hour, and then they'll move on to some other location. It's great. I was going to ask you about the casinos, but I just remembered that celebrities casinos are all smoke free, correct? I, you know, I have no idea. I okay. don't. You know, I don't gamble. Okay. Uh, I may have walked through there to get some place um 
but I, I never really pay attention to the casinos. And I, and I know on celebrity, they have typically smoking on one of the top decks mm -hmm. over in the corner. And it's, it's just never been an issue for me. All right. Well, let's talk about the ports of call here. And what ports of call were you scheduled to go to? And which ones did you actually go to? Um, and give us a highlight from each one. This was this was actually a port of call packed cruise as scheduled. There was only going to be one day at sea. Mm -hmm. So the scheduled ports of call were Bridgetown, St. Lucia, St. John's. I think it's Bastery. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. And then uh, St. Thomas and back to and back to San Juan. Now, of all of those ports, I was really looking forward to uh, St. Lucia mm -hmm. because I had trained to do the Gross Piton. Uh, we hike up and down, and I watched that on YouTube, and it just really looked looked fun to me. And unfortunately, that port was canceled. I think St. Lucia decided they didn't want to take a chance because of uh, the virus that cruise that some of the cruise ships had. So they substituted for that uh, Dominica which was a beautiful island that I loved. And we'll, we'll talk more about that when we, when we do the summary. So you missed a couple of ports here. So give us some highlights to the ports you actually went to. All right. So uh, the, uh, the Bridgetown, I had never been to that island before. So I, I signed up for the walking tour and you walk around with a historic, with, you know, with a tour guide that knows the island. It was several hours um, a lot of fun, very interesting, uh, learning about the history. And I believe uh, sometimes they run together, but I believe that was the island where we got to see the house that uh, George Washington slept in once, uh, okay. at least on one of the islands. I saw that, and that was interesting. The next, uh, the next island we stopped at was uh, Dominica, and that is an island that I would go back to. It is beautiful. I got on one of those, I think it's uh, whatever it is, a Land Rover tour, uh, where they go up into the mountains and we saw the Trafalgar Falls. Uh, interesting. It was very interesting. You park in a parking lot and maybe it's, um, I don't know, a 30-minute walk back to the Twin Falls. Just beautiful. There were sulfur springs. Uh, that we saw there was a, um, a rainforest. What I'd like to do is go back there and spend a week at that island. And again, the tour guide that took us around, it was a young woman so proud of the island, and rightly so. Uh, she really sold the island. And I, I, like, um, I like seeing the flora and fauna at these islands, and I like hiking it. And she said, there's great hiking trails. So I'm, I'm going to go back and do that. The next one was uh, in Antigua. Again, it was uh, uh, St. John's. Again, beautiful. I went on uh, a riding scenic tour where we got to see um, the whole island. And then at the end, we probably, uh, we were dropped off. I think we spent 45 minutes to an hour at a beach where there was a bar and food and, and that type of thing. And it's just fun. I really enjoy talking to people and there are a million people to talk to, not only on that tour guy on that tour that we're on, but at the beach and what they were doing. And some were actually living on the Island and some were on other cruise ships. So you really 
see a whole cross section of people, which I enjoyed. Uh, the next one was Bastery, if I'm pronouncing that right. I went to the rainforest and did a tour and hike of the rainforest. And again, from Minnesota, we don't have rainforests. So it was mm -hmm. very interesting learning about uh, the rainforests. And a lot of those rainforests, this one too, had they have multiple ecosystems at different levels in the forest. The last island we went to was St. Thomas. There's a botanical garden there that I wanted to go and see, but my wife said she wanted to go shopping uh, for jewelry, and she met someone on the ship that told her about her favorite jewelry store, so I figured, eh, I better pass on that botanical garden and go along with her to that shopping right. to kind of protect <laughs> <laughs> my pocketbook there, uh -huh. but it was, it was, it was wonderful. Uh, it's a beautiful island and friendly, friendly people. I stood outside and then just sort of talked to the, I, I think as you walk down that street, they have people standing out front to try and get people walking by in. So I, I stood outside and talked to those guys. And in fact, it was kind of funny. I had a, I had a ball cap on and he said, what's that symbol? I said, well, it's a symbol for, for gun manufacturer. He said, really, do you own guns? I said, yeah, everyone does in the U.S. I own at least 10, and that's hardly any. Right. And so we laughed, you know, because I just made it up. We, we laughed about that for a half hour, and everyone walking by, he announced that uh, I'm an American and I had guns. So very good people there. Everyone is just so friendly. You were, you were mentioning that the island you went to that you actually wanted to go back and spend a week. That was me when I went to like St. Thomas, St. John across the way in San Juan. It actually was the catalyst to me meeting some friends flying out of Orlando and going down there for a few days just because I wanted to experience those islands outside of a cruise environment on my yes. own terms and at my own pace. And yeah, I, I think that once everything opens back up again, you should totally like try to go down there for a little while and just, you know, just even if for a few days or a long weekend, it's just... Yeah, it's really eye-opening when you're outside of that cruise environment and there aren't a million people there. So one thing to keep in mind, Doug, uh, you're in Florida, so you can go for That's a long right. weekend. If you're I'm right. in Minnesota, I'm, it's going to be a minimum of a week because I actually I spoke to the tour guide and I said, how, how do I get here from there? And she said, well, you'd probably fly from the U.S. to um, San Juan. Mm-hmm. And then fly in. So that's that's a full day of travel. So I, I would spend a week and there's I, I would not be bored on that island uh, for one week. I, in fact, I could probably spend two weeks there and love it. And I would like to go to St. Lucia and do that hike as well. So I, maybe I'll combine the two. Yeah, my, my buddy and I, when we flew from um, so we did San Juan first and then went over to St. Thomas and we actually bought a ticket on a puddle hopper. It was, it's only a 20 minute flight, right? From San yeah. Juan to um, St. Thomas. And it was like $50. It was so cheap. Oh. And I'm like, you know, eh, worst case scenario, we don't pull the flight off and go to the ocean. We can always swim because it's only it's like 40 miles, I think, total between the two islands. So really affordable to island hop down there. I thought it was gonna be a lot more expensive, but just like going with a local company, not sure how safe they are, but it, we, I'm still here to tell the story. I was, I was wondering the same thing, but what the heck? <laughs> You only live once, right? Exactly. Absolutely. So uh, did that wrap up your excursions, your ports of call? Those were the ports of call and uh, the excursions. And when you talk about swimming, I'll have a, 
um, kind of a swimming story to tell you when when we get to when we get to San Juan. Very cool. San Juan. And so, speaking of that, you make your way back to San Juan, and how how was debarkation? Well, it's it's very interesting. Always, I and I wake up early uh, because I like to get up early and walk the deck and. Um, you know, and get a few miles in up there. And when, when I got up there at five thirty six between five thirty six o'clock, um, we were just floating out in the Harbor. And after about a half hour walking, I turned to the guy, um, uh, that was walking, you know, in the vicinity of me. And I just said to him, are you thinking the same thing I am? And sure enough, the captain came on at about eight, eight thirty, and said, well, we've been cleared by the CDC and uh, the port has decided, uh, Port of San Juan, that they're not going to let us in, but we're negotiating with them. We'll see what happens. And but and then we got intermittent reports from the captain updating us, but uh, finally it got to be 11 o'clock, and the captain said, we're not going to let you in, or, or San Juan will not let us in, but the good news is we are, uh, we're, we're going to Fort Lauderdale. We'll be there in two days drinks are on us and enjoy yourself. And we did. It was an extra two days. Everyone was in a great mood. But as we were sitting out there in the harbor, I was kind of thinking, I wonder if I could swim to shore from here if I had to. <laughs> it really worked out great. Two extra days. We were able to rebook our flight when we were on the ship from uh, Fort Lauderdale to Minneapolis. And when we arrived in Minneapolis or when we arrived in, in, uh, Fort Lauderdale, it was only, um, an hour or so to get off the ship. And, um, we, we took, again, took an Uber to the airport, maybe sat around waiting for our flight for a couple hours. And we were back in Minneapolis, back in the cold, back in the snow. And it was, it was good to be home, and it was a great trip. Before you even left Minneapolis to go to Celebrity Summit in San Juan, did you have any reservations, or was COVID not really that big of a deal at that point? Uh, COVID was definitely a thing on the Asian ships. And I I read the Wall Street Journal every day, and, it's in, and, and I would always look at, what was reported. And, um, you know, there was a funny story. Uh, one guy, I think he was from Australia and he was on a ship over there and he was being interviewed in it. And, um, uh, apparently it, it was something to the effect of he had, he had spent an extra month on the ship with his wife and she was going through all of his faults. And he said, and I don't think she's finished yet. But the point is, it was definitely a thing. I just, for whatever reason, I was not concerned. And maybe it's because I didn't know enough about it. I guess one of the reasons I wasn't concerned, I never get sick. And I figured, well, I have, I have a strong immune system. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried. And uh, I had no issues on that ship. Okay. And as far as I know, uh, no one else did. And about a month ago, I got testing at the University of Minnesota for antibodies and zero issues. I wasn't worried. And, and um, again, maybe I should have been, but it was no issue. I'm curious, when you got home, though, 
um, because of it ramping up. And was like anyone test positive that came off of your ship where maybe the cruise line or the health department reached out to you and said, hey, one of your fellow cruisers had COVID, maybe you should go get tested? As far as I know, it was not an issue. And what that is based in part on is uh, someone had a Facebook page and I tend to think if someone had it, it might have been reported there. I don't know. But mm. um, as far as I know, Summit, it was not an issue for Summit. Gotcha. It was not an issue for us. Any first-time tips to offer someone considering sailing either Celebrity Summit or taking a cruise out of San Juan? I like the, uh, the area of San Juan that we stayed in. Uh, I would... I would choose your hotel carefully. Uh, we booked a hotel on one of the service on you know one of the websites. Got great reviews, but the room was a little moldy smelling. And when I say little, I've never smelled anything that moldy before. But that is quite frankly the only thing that I would do different. I'd probably just uh, not be so cheap and pay up a little more for a room there. You know, one thing that I wanted to mention when we talked about uh, the, uh, the room that we got, and this is a tip that I would give always when I, when you go into those rooms, they have bottles, bottles of water and the refrigerator filled with different drinks and so forth. So the first thing I always do, I ask the room steward to, um, clear all those out so we can use the refrigerator and not accidentally get, get charged mm-hmm. for a bottle of water that we could get free in our drink package and they're always very accommodating and and so that's that's something that I would I would recommend. Yeah, those mini bars can be a little tempting too if you don't have the drink package and around 10 or 11 o'clock p.m. rolls around. <laughs> you, you you maybe could afford the drink package exactly. if you drink out of that bar. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I always do on these celebrity cruises if if you're at all interested, you can I think I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but for about a hundred dollars, you can sign up and get access to the Persian Garden. And I always uh, enjoy the steam room, the sauna room, and these heated benches that they have. So if you like that type of thing, it's it's very affordable, and there's great showers in there. So if, if the shower back in your cabin is busy, you can always take yep. a shower there. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? I would say it's it's uh, the biggest highlight was discovering Dominica, and my biggest disappointment was not being able to hike the Gross uh, Piton. But I'll tell you, I can always I, I always know hiking the Gross Piton is a great thing. Yeah, um, I just didn't know that Dominica was as great as it was, so that was a highlight for me. What are your thoughts of cruising again once the industry opens back up? I'm signed up. I'm signed up for uh, the the edge out of uh, Fort La- Lauderdale, March seventh through the fourteenth. I think the seventh is a Sunday, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I, you know, I, I've read different things. There might be masks. There might be social distancing. You know, I'm not worried about the elevators. I always uh, took the steps in terms of social distancing. I. I really enjoy talking to people, so I, I hope I don't have to stand too far away. But I'm not, I'm not concerned. If they open it up, I'm going to be on that ship. Final thoughts of Celebrity Summit? Well, I would say it's, uh, it's a beautiful 
clean ship. It's a, it's a smaller ship, and I, I enjoy that. It, I think it's about 2,200 passengers. So, uh, and I, I mentioned earlier the Equinox is about the same size, and I, I like all of those ships. Celebrity is a good cruise line. Very good. I've been talking with Thomas about his seven night turned what nine night cruise. Seven turned nine, and yeah. we got an we got an extra uh, two sea days in. There you go about his cruise on Celebrity Summit. Thomas, thank you so much for giving the review, my friend. I sure appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Doug. All right, Dougie. Let's see. What we got here, buddy. Ba 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 da ba da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.